Hi, and welcome to Keen Minds, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 5, Episode 10, The Informant. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And, and how did you like this one? You liked it enough to do a rewatch. Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like breaking an electronic when I decided to rewatch, so I, I got through it. Um, I, I thought the writing was much better. I thought it was more more Blacklist. Um I I still and I will continue to have this issue and you know because it's it, it's not like my main issue of what's happened has gone away. Um I I still feel like it's very dark and see I I, I keep saying that it's very dark. I don't mind dark. I I like dark. I love angst. I love torturing the characters and putting them through hell. Anybody that reads my stories knows I do it. I have zero issue with violence, zero issue with you know, emotional and physical and everything else. You don't want them dead. I just want them alive at the end of it and relatively happy, you know, as close to happy as they can get. Um, and so that's, that's going to remain my issue with this. That's not going away unless something happens and the show fixes it somehow. But regardless, the quality of the writing for the episode was much more in tune with Blacklist, I felt like, for this one. I felt like characters were more in character. I felt like it matched up. They weren't, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get what into What do you mean it. they were in character? You had a problem last week with, I, with Liz well, I mean, not being I, I in character? Comment, she was and she wasn't. I, that's... I've been I've had a really hard time putting my finger on it. The closest thing I've come to is the fact one of the reasons I just absolutely loathe last last week's episode, which was Ruin. I I was talking to the roomie about this. I said I think part of it is the fact that all we had was that darkness. We had nothing to balance it out. We were just steeped in it and left in it and rotting in it. And that's kind of what, what was did this you in- have what did you have this this week that is different? It just was different. I don't know. I just had a different reaction to it. I It wasn't like people were happier, per se. It just, you weren't stuck in one point of view. Maybe that's maybe that's it. I, I'm not a huge fan of the one point of view episodes. Um, you, I know you love Kate May, and I do for the mythology that Kate May did, but it's a one point of view episode. And I, you know, I had some trouble... But it's not one of my favorites from that point. Not that the writing was bad at all. The right Kate May writing was fantastic. Um, but I just they're just not my favorite. I, I enjoy the multiple characters all over the place. Mm. Does, that, does that make any sense? Does that I, I just I, I had a better sort emotional of. reaction to this episode than I did the last one. Maybe my expectations are lower. I don't know. But regardless, I felt like overall the writing was more on par with what I expect out of the blacklist. Okay, that's interesting. I I enjoy. I mean, I can I I gotta say I have no problems with any of them. So I I did I I I have no I have had no problem with this season. To me, this season has been truly spectacular, and each episode has got better and better. And because I'm I'm not a shipper, so you you know you you guys who listen to us, I'm really not a shipper. I'm a theorist. So I I I mean it was I was sad to see Tom go, but I wasn't like this. I mean the the death scene to me is one of the best scenes filmed in the blacklist. It was glorious. It was just stunning. 
I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Jenny's making all kind of signs at me that I have no idea what they mean. Probably like, I'm going to kill you later. Or <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I think that she's she's actually uh, sharpening a knife as as we speak. <laughs> yeah, but I I just love it. I I mean, and I'm, and I'm sorry. I feel bad for for my for my shipper friends. I know that this was like really really tough on them, and uh, I I apologize for my liking it. I I um, would just like to say, well, one. Nobody is begrud- that I know of is begrudging anybody for liking it or disliking it. Well, I've been begrudged for disliking it, but uh, for as far as I am aware, nobody that I know has begrudged like you for liking it or anybody else that has liked it. Um, they just they just think I'm strange. Just, we don't understand your point of view, which is fine. It's yours and not ours. Um, but regardless, I, I would like to point this out. It's not, for, at least for me, and I can only really speak for myself, it is not just a shipping thing. That obviously influences. Everybody has their influencer, whether you're a shipper, whether you're not. You have something that's going to influence you on a show. My favorite character is Tom Keen. It will remain Tom Keen until the show goes off the air, and then it will stay Tom Keen long after the show has been off for decades. I will look back and go, oh, that's the show that I love Tom in. Um, because that's, that's the character that I love. I always have one that just grabs me on shows that I'm, I'm this deep in for. And I, I, it's not, I honestly uh, gotta say, I like, I like Red and I like Tom and, and I am remain liking Tom, but it's like, yeah, but I like, how can you like Red and Tom? I like Red and Tom. I I used to, and I, I used to. I'm not as much of a fan of Red anymore. Um, he's frustrated me one too many times. Uh, regardless, but, but it's not what I was trying to say is it's not just a shipping thing. It comes down to a character thing that you know it influences because you enjoyed the character so much. Then it kind of when it's know, not there, out. It's... yeah, it just it ripples out from there, and so it mm-hmm. hit the Tom Keen fans really hard. Because of that, I mean, I, I've talked to other friends that, you know, their favorite characters are Ress or Red or any number of people. And they're like, God, if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't come back, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I, I've talked to several friends from, that are part of different camps around the fandom. And they've said that. And, you know, I, I appreciate them saying that because, you know, it's every people that are that come from it from a character point of view that, that we prefer certain characters, you know, character versus and that, that's, it's, I hate saying this because it's not like we don't like the plot, but character driven versus, versus plot driven, you're more of the theorist. So you are more looking at the details of the plot. I'm looking at the details of the character development, how they're interacting with each other, et cetera, et cetera. And especially on Tumblr, that tends to be the, as far as I can tell, the overarching group tends to be very character driven fans. And um, shippers. But it's not just shipping. I know, no, I know. It it, it's happen. shipping is part part of shipping is a character thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I I found the episode this episode in particular. I 
I enjoyed it very much because I enjoy seeing the resolution from wrestlers. So we know the wrestler has been under the thumb of Prescott for this entire whatever. Probably this is close to two years or so. So this this has been a very, very long drawn thing. And I love the way they actually um, – I, I enjoy that they let that – deep in for a little bit it just stay there simmering and I, I liked it because by the time they got around to the resolution of that there was a lot of boiling anger and and angst uh in 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 the character and i and i, I enjoy that very much do we want to start with wrestler do you want to start with wrestler and kind of flip those let's do it somewhere in around okay. because uh, i i you, I mean, I guess for for shippers of character development people, that was a very sweet moment there I, that they I had. I thought so. I mean, I, I've always Samar's fun because she's always gotten that that world that Tom and Liz live in. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember back in season two, I guess it was. She was new to the group. You know, she she had not been there for the original Tom and Liz fallout, and. As Red's sitting there explaining, you know, Red and Wrestler are sitting there explaining, she's been holding him in a ship for the last four years and torturing him for information. But, you know, then he killed the harbor master to save her. Four months. Hmm? Four months. You said four years. Oh, sorry. Four months. (laughs) Sorry, Tom. (laughs) Four months. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Poor Tom. (laughs) Even worse to him than the writers are sometimes. Um, Maybe that's where Red got him. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, but but th- that he'd been there for four months and that he had killed the harbor master to protect Liz and Samar's immediate reaction. You know, I, I loved it that y- you had a wrong going. Please tell me you're joking. Samar goes, actually, that's really that's romantic. Rom- that's, and, I was going to say, yeah, that's romantic. Yeah. And wrestler is like, it, no, I can't believe I'm here. I this. <laughs> Poor Ress is just like WTF. What's wrong with you? <laughs> And that was the exact same reaction he had in this last episode. She said, if I were her, I'd do whatever it took to find my husband's killer. And Russ is like, what? Why? Why are you saying these things to me? <laughs> and then it's like, um, excuse me, wrestler. Is this not the man who was, who entered a makeshift clinic and shooting people and killing a guy? I mean, um, what part of receiving Tanida's head that we never knew what happened to the head? For all we know, he's still sitting on the uh, on the mantelpiece. Allie and I were talking about that the other day. I think it was right after this episode, so it must have been last night. She goes, I wonder whatever happened to the head. And I said, back of the bookshelf. <laughs> It's somewhere there. I mean, and he never, he never said, uh, people would say, look, he's, you know, he's, he's sold by the book. No, he isn't. He had the head delivering up in a very pretty box too. I mean, I would not have got rid of that box. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to, because he never asked for the head. He didn't, but it kind of like the judge said, I never asked him to do it, but I didn't make him put it back. He never asked Reddington to do that, but he also never turned him in for it either. He never, you know, it was, I mean, and, and I, I don't begrudge him for that at all. I, I think that he needed that. I think he needed that closure. I get that. And I, and I think Red dossier, did him a great, a great favor in doing that. Um, he, but he preserved that, that innocence for that time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and Red, it, Red's a sin eater. He the, does try. And, he just doesn't learn where he needs to. In the dossier, Liz mentions that, 
she didn't know what happened, but um, a, a while later, um, wrestlers should calm her after the Audrey thing. So that must have been when he received the head and it gave him a measure of closure that that it was done, that the killer had been punished, a killer that would never get to justice. So I, I found it interesting um, in, in that in that regard. Yeah, um, but I, I do... We've talked about rest before that sometimes he has a hard time seeing it, seeing others. They, they, well, before can, we, we jump into re, into wrestler, can I say something about Samar and Naram? One of them is going to die. No, don't say that. I don't no, think. no, I'm not doing that to our fans. Whimsy listens to this. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that See, to me. Don't do don't that to Whimsy. Don't do that to any of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, and then you say, but why didn't you tell me? No, no, no. That's entirely yeah. different because you spent the entire first half of the season going, no, I agree. He's not going to die. We're going to get the wedding at the end. We're going to get this. We're going to get that. You went into details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a difference there, friend. <laughs> I'm going to call you on and that this, one. And there's a reason why I'm saying that this is going dark. Like, because uh, as soon as they said that, I'm like, okay, one of them is dying. Hey, Baron, John needs them? to keep his hands off Saram. We have waited oh. too long. He already butchered the Keen family. But he has no, hands but he off has no way to go. Hands. But in in, in a spy thing, but he has no way to go. One of them gotta die. Okay, don't get me wrong. You know me. I, I see a lot of spy elements in this. This is not strictly a spy show. It's certainly not strictly a uh, uh, procedural. It is kind of a hybrid of a show. It's got a lot of different genres worked into it. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think you can rely on. Now, Redemption, you could have a little bit better. A little bit better. But you can't rely on just spy trips for this. And so not everyone's going to die at the end. If they do, I may go throw my television off the balcony. Um, (laughs) Not good idea. Oh, I didn't say it was. (laughs) Just maybe my reaction. Anyway. Something um, evil. Ah, okay. All right. So let's go into Wrestler. Yes. Um, this was a this was a very major episode for wrestler. It was a good episode for wrestler. I I know that I've got some some rest fan friends that were a little nervous about it because you always get nervous that they're going to hurt your favorite, especially when they've had some iffy moments. And I. I, I've heard good responses from it. I mean, I haven't heard a lot of people just because I don't chatter quite as much as I used to. But, I mean, I've heard pretty good responses for how they handled rest. As a rest fan, I I very much enjoyed what they did. I thought they did a good job. Um, one of my, my favorite lines with him, um, when, when Aram and Samara were, were teasing him about, you know, not a hair out of place, not a wrinkle in your suit, you know, perfect cop. You know, if you were a crooked cop, no one would ever know. And his immediate, I would. It just, you can just feel the weight on him from everything. That's yeah, he has been cop. doing this for about two years or more. The fact that he hasn't gotten used to it, though, says a lot. I mean, because some people would just, no, there, there are some people that can just kind of shift their morality and get used to it. I mean, and wrestlers, not one of them. That within itself, while we've talked about how damaging the the lack of give that he has can be in this world. You got to admire him for what he did in this episode. I I liked how they handled it because he's been struggling to find that different path. He's been given, 
you know, path A and path B, and he's been looking for that third path and hasn't found it, so he's been stuck in the middle. He kind of had a third path thrust upon him, this one, but that's, you know, I'm glad that he did. For five seconds, I cannot be angry at Red. It was, um... I... I found um, the most interesting part of this episode with Wrestler. You know, the, it was a great arc. It, it had some great moments. Like the judge going out the window was brilliant. Oh, did that um, not remind you of Craig? Yes. Especially the looks that Red and Wrestler got. <laughs> it, just, it reminded me so much of Liz and, and Red when Craig threw himself out the window. Just that, well, crap, now what? Oh, I think Ren knew that she was going to jump out the window. No, you think so? Well, wrestlers yeah. certainly had that face going. Mm-mm. There was a, and there was Samar throwing the guy out the window, and then she arrives, and there's a guy just, the, the woman just falling out the window. There was, I think somebody also in, wasn't it in the, um, the forecaster? Didn't somebody flew out the window out of the forecaster? Hmm, maybe not. So I, 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 I love know, the I part know there was an I, elevator that gave way. Uh, yeah, oh, that was it. The the part of, to me that stood out of this episode, the, it was it was a a great um to me for for where wrestlers started. Uh, you know, being a little bit of a prick with everybody else, and at the same time, you know, he's a guy who accepted a commission to go and should do an extra legal assassination of a fugitive and bungle it. So, it, it, you know, you compounded by either you say no, you say yes, and you do it. No, he said yes, and he bungled. Did he bungle at the end because he wasn't, you know, his heart wasn't in it? But the fact is that he went there with a crew and he bungled an extra legal execution. So you're going from a character that was right there into this amazing growth over here where he has seen that the world is not as black and white as he meant it to be and that there is good and evil in everybody and that just because people are in the law doesn't make them, you know, necessarily just good because of it. So I, I love those moments and I love the fact that he acknowledged that moment with Red that he thanked him for um, for what he did. And, and this is, again, a third time that Wrestler has been stopped from killing somebody, killing a suspect. Red says, Donald. And I, and I, I, I know that some people were like, why would Wrestler be drinking to Tom? And I said, well, Tom on the one thing was another one that preserved his, his uh, innocence and his career in the cabin. And I'm sorry. I know that a lot of – usually they're Keeler fans and I'm sure other fans as well, various fans that are, you know, that, that are not fond of Tom to begin with, um, that they – didn't agree that they were friends and they weren't close friends. I mean, I, I was kind of the, the captain of the bro ship for Tesla. I, I was always a big fan and I'm well aware that the, the size, the, the amount of fun that I had in that was a lot more than Canon gave us on it, but there was a, a respect. It was kind of a begrudging respect at first, but there was a respect between those two and it started 
when Tom went out of his way with no benefit to himself to stop Russell from making a mistake that would have weighed on his soul. Cost him his career, yeah. Uh, No, it would weigh on his soul. I mean, well, I mean, for Russell, yes, career is huge, but... I mean, Especially but, at that point where they had uh, Lauren mm-hmm. Hitchens right, you know, on their shoulder. Yeah, that would have but, been that would have been. But costly. there was there was a respect there. We had multiple instances of wrestler admitting how good Tom is, of them giving each other a hard time. I mean, it was there was. I mean, they, as much as I would have loved them to go out, get a beer, and watch a basketball game together, or what have you. It never happened as far as we saw, but but there was definitely a respect there, if nothing else. And so I, I'm not at all shocked that Wrestler was there toasting Tom. That, and you know what? That was his partner's husband. Yeah, I think that there was, it, it was more. I think it was, you know, he was, he was good in the field and... They they were under fire, and you know if you think about the military, where do the that military uh, camaraderie comes in is when you are under fire, when your life depends on somebody else being there to cover your back, and at that time that's what happened. I, I love the the moment with that moment with Red to me was huge because that was, and and we're always going to see that wrestler is now going to one day stop rubber banding he's never going to stop rubber banding that's his that's who he is but he and and he did it again at the end like he went in there like i didn't want that you know i just wanted um to do this and and go and get him to to jail and all that there's a lot of conflict there and it's so funny i think it's going to become a running gag in our apartment because like right after the episode my roomie and i were talking in the kitchen she walks by where the where we keep the uh, the liquor in the apartment and just grabs one of the bottles of liquor and walks off with it <laughs> i said oh my gosh here we go we have a new running gag in the apartment conversation conversation grab the liquor walk off <laughs> So that that scene with wrestler at the end, where he just it's like you do not deserve the top shelf. I'm taking it with me. I need this more than you. Yeah, I didn't even see like people say like stole it. He just you know Red just called him friends, and he had had a hard time, and he walked by. He saw the alcohol and said, "Boy, do I need this!" And he walked away with <laughs> I, it. I didn't see it as a bad thing. I just it was funny. It was I think it added a little bit of. You know, I mean, not humor for either of those men, but humor for the audience. I mean, that, that that's your 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 equivalent of the of the gnome. You know, yeah, this is that's maybe. that's that was gnome one, and then this is gnome two. You know, he takes a bottle, but this is the progression that res, that wrestler has. Now he's able to take a bottle of alcohol from a criminal, but it's actually his friend. And whatever else they may do and and say. Um, that that is a friendship of sorts. There is, oh, and yes. and none of this, and none of them are like super happy about any of this. But that's the hand they were dealt. It's a begrudging respect. It's the same thing that Red or that wrestler and Tom had. Even Red had a begrudging respect for Tom. Yeah, it's um, all three men kind of had that going between each other. Just a very very begrudging respect. 
And, and I think that, that Dresser got a very, very interesting uh, primer here in how Prescott was able to manipulate that evidence. Because I know that I said it, and I wasn't very popular about that at the time. I always said when Dresser was chasing Liz, he did not have it every day that Liz was guilty, that it, she was not guilty of the bombings. There is a little part of him that kept thinking, I don't know. I mean, she was there. She touched the senator. Do I really know this woman? There's many crooked cops. So he went back and forth. And, you know, one moment it was she was innocent. And the next day he was going to bring her in. And he went back and forth. A lot of people didn't see it like that. I did. I saw it less. He sometimes doubted. And then he said, no, she's innocent. And then doubted again because the evidence was powerful. And I, I love that this time he saw how easy it is to fabricate evidence. There he was threatening this cop. Oh, yeah. I, I very much liked that. I mean, it sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I enjoyed wrestlers suffering. Um, but no, I thought that was a very clever ad there. And it showed just how clever Prescott is. That, that he's, wrestler didn't have to actually do terrible things to be manipulated into it. Mm-hmm. He was, in, it was, you know, it was an accident. He was a, more anger than anything else. And it also explains how Prescott has survived this long. I mean, because he was out there playing football with his kids, I guess his kids, you know, team. You know, with with a bunch of kids and other parents. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it seemed like he had very much a double life with this. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very interesting. I thought it was a very clever... For, for as much grief as I gave the writers last week, I thought that was clever. I thought that there were a lot of very, very clever moments in this one, especially with Prescott, where it needed to be. Um, I, I'm blanking on her screen name we were talking about her she apparently follows your blog sam um over on tumblr mm-hmm. what what's uh something i don't remember um but anyway she, she's part of the writer's team she's on tumblr um uh, she, she posted something i think it was last night because i i haven't been watching live i've just been waiting so i can go through commercials and everything i've mm-hmm. been watching the hour after um she posted something that i saw while lie while it was going live it said well i don't not ship wrestler and prescott or something like that and i was like what's going on <laughs> and then i got to the slap that is so bizarre i, I cannot even comment on that oh i get it <laughs> it just <laughs> it was it's a goofy thing it's i know you don't pass get it. Plenty of of our (laughs) listeners will get it. It's fine. Um, But it was was funny. I mean, I don't ship them, but I I understood where she was coming from. It was funny. (laughs) Just slap. (laughs) Now, let's... Oh, that was was a great moment for for Prescott when he slapped Wrestler. And then Wrestler just immediately got under the chin. I was like, get him, (laughs) Wrestler. But, oh my gosh, when will Wrestler learn? If you're going to threaten someone, make good on it right there. Put the bullet in their head right then. <laughs> well, he knew exactly because he was, he had seen this little uh, locale with all the bodies. Oh, I know, but still, I'm just like, you don't, and that, it was a completely emotional thing. He's for a hothead. He is. Hadler, wrestler, is a hothead. And he's got a little better, but he's always going to be a hothead. 
Oh, you're completely right with that. And that, that is exactly what happened. But I, there are so many times that I'm just like, Russ, no, no. How about telling Hitchens, like, in her face, like, 15 times, I'm going to get you, you kill this. Like, Paul, you don't listen to, to you know, the, the art of war. You're the master of what you what you keep to yourself and the slave of the things you say. Shut up. All of season four is like, rest, no, don't broadcast it, honey. That's exactly this episode when he did that was like, no. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Bless. A character has to have flaws. If it doesn't have flaws, it would be incredibly boring. Oh, God. They better have flaws. Um, Which takes us to Cooper. Oh, Coop. Um, so I, Cooper that, knew, Red knew, and Samar was severely suspecting it. <laughs> Poor Rama. Rama's the only one left out in the cold there. Sweet little Oh, we don't know that. That's fair. We don't know that. Pillow talk. Pillow talk. Aram, Aram keeps secrets pretty good. I always tell people when they say that Aram is an open book, Aram actually deciphered the fulcrum, and he never told us about it. What he about kept his mouth dating shut. Janet again. Yeah, there nobody you go. knew. Nobody nope. had any idea. Mm-mm. He keeps fans. <laughs> fans knew. <laughs> um, I no. knew because he was wearing plaid. <laughs> anyway, um, but with Cooper, um, I I found it very interesting. I, I loved how he because I've been saying for a while that if. If wrestler, I understand why he didn't. I'm not saying this is like, oh, he should have done this because I totally understand why he didn't. But if if he'd gone to Cooper in the beginning, right after, instead of going to Prescott, if he'd gone to Cooper instead, Cooper would have made it go away. He he would have something. He would have done something, and it would have all just gone away. Because Cooper, it would have been better if he had called Red at that point. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, anybody but Prescott. Um. <laughs> Like, I, I get why he did it, but still, no. Um, but Cooper watches out for his team. Those are his, they're basically his children. I mean, <laughs> he just, he protects that team with his life. And it was very interesting. I very much enjoyed their scene. I, I enjoy most of, of Harry, Harry Link's scenes. Um, he's just That um, was a powerful scene. He was short. But Harry Lennox has a quality that makes even like those little short scenes really powerful, and they count. He's just an amazing actor. I mean, he's just quality work. Um, but the I expect you to do the same for me. Said to me that he's got his own list that he's kept of of things he's done that are illegal. That when this is all over, he's going to be willing to take the fall for it. It it goes back to season. Three, when Samar was taught, when Liz was on the run and Samar said, you know, you, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but she talks about basically, yeah, you do things, but you've got to be willing to take the fall for it in the end and, and, you know, face the music in the end. And I think that that's kind of what Cooper was saying was, we're doing this. We're going to see it through to the end. And when we're done, that is when we pay for our crimes. That is when we take our person. We feel this weighing on our souls. It's making us suffer personally, but we're doing it because there's a greater good here, and we're moving towards that. And then we get absolution once we're done. 
And I'm telling this is when I realized this show is going to get really dark. Even darker than I thought. My my definition of darkness, because I, I think that there is a slight possibility that if red is alive at the end, he will pull a red and everybody will be fine. Because I, in my book, red is running an undercover mission. And in this undercover mission, these people were selected by him to, to help him with that. Even if he dies in the end, I could see him getting them out of everything before he, like setting everything up before he goes. I mean, that's just red. He's, he has become contrary to what I think he really meant to happen. Yeah. I think he handpicked everybody, but I don't think he really intended to get as close to this team as he's gotten. I think he's gotten very emotionally attached to the entire team. They've just been through too much not to, he would Mm -hmm. have to be, Inhuman. Be interesting to see what his relationship with the MI6 teams that works with him. Because he said, you know, it's like you can't expect that the FBI is the only uh, law enforcement agency that I work with. So we know that besides MI6, there's probably a few more that he works with. So that is, uh, it was a, it was a very, to me, was one of the most powerful moments of the show was that exchange of. Of letters, I gotta say that was. If you ask me, what was my favorite scene? My favorite, like high emotional scene. That was it. That was my highlight of the show. It kind of reminded me of was that earlier this season? I think so. It's everything's getting jumbled. We've had too many seasons now. It's when it starts getting jumbled in your head. When um when um. Breaking on her name. The Jamar? redhead. No, the redhead with the southern accent. Funny wording. Oh, um, Panabaker. Baker. Thank you. I feel like it starts with a P. Uh, when Panabaker's walking out and he says, where are we supposed to get our reputations back? That's Age. kind of what that reminds Like, they're not. I mean, they well, might, but... And see, that that's where you and I differ, I think, on the ending. To me... A hopeful ending is them getting their lives. They're always going to have that weight on them. There is always going to be pieces of guilt. There's always going to be that weight. They're never going to be quite the same. And I think, yeah, it was Cooper that said it in this episode. He goes, none of us are the same as we were before this task force. That, I, I and I mentioned last week, I'm a dystopian writer. That's that's my, what I what I focus on a lot of times outside of fan fiction and such. But... That that's very much a theme that I enjoy of the the horrors of what you of what they go through, how it changes them. The weight you don't have to be all happy and smiley all the time for there to be a hopeful ending there. The weight's going to stay with you. The weight of what has changed you, of course, will stay with you. But there needs to be a hope for something bigger and better at the end, even if it's not perfect, because nothing's ever perfect. Mm. Yeah, I, I tend to look, uh, and you, for you, a dark ending is, a, is an ending where there is no hope. Um, I am far more fatalistic than you are. For me, I understand that for for certain things, they're never going to be better. They're good as they are. You just don't know that they're good as they are. 
that's the that's a difference for me is when the character realizes that that is as good as it gets and as good as it gets to me is not fatalistic it's just the way things are so for me when when i saw that that exchange of letters just to me says i know how this is gonna end you know this is everybody here is going to pay a very very high price for this little outing and i think that the outing is will be justified Janice, I, I can't believe that she's saying that. Where on earth did I go pick up this weird <laughs> podcast partner? <laughs> we just have very different views on how we see. And obviously the Johns have gone a very different route than I ever would have written this. I mean, but hey, you know what? They're getting, NBC's paying them, they're not paying me. So, you know, maybe someday. But I... I <laughs> I do take notes. If I'm ever a showrunner, I take notes in what I will and will not do. <laughs> I think it must just be a terrifying business to be in, though, I have to say. Because I, yeah, I've just, I've watched enough shows do some really bizarre things multiple seasons in. That there must just be something really bizarre in mm. this this level of show business that goes on behind the scenes that I'm just not aware of. And I'm not sure I want to be. So this this scene with with Cooper also reminded me he had had a similar a similar um, he had a scene with with Samar in which he was the one telling her you got to choose a side he was also the one telling Liz that you know he he hoped to be that but then now there is a different thing I think that this is funny because this is now Cooper is the one telling Liz uh, I understand perfectly why you want to find the killers. Uh, and something that he would not have, he, he did not tell wrestler because wrestler is a different person than Liz is. And I think that, that even Cooper has accepted that Liz is not like everybody else, that she's, she has a darkness in her. I agree. So it was interesting to see this, this moment. And let's talk about Red. He's rich. Mm, Red. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm so frustrated with Red. Uh, right. Something, something bizarre that I, I want your opinion on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while it wasn't like super straightforward, she obviously, she found somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. Liz found Navarro relatively easy. Red has, uh, they made a big show, made sure that nobody could miss that he was wealthy again. I mean, he's in his suits. He has a personal chef through the whole thing that mixes his drinks. I mean, and in case anybody missed it, he straight up told somebody, hey, I'm rich again. Yay. Mm. I mean, so like they made a big deal over the fact that he's got money again, that, mm-hmm. that he's got everything put back together. Yeah, his, his disposable income to put in one account, yeah. it runs in the vicinity of $500, 000, $500 million. No, 900 nine. You said it was in the in the mid, no? Yeah, mid nine. Mid nine feet. Mid nine feet. Mid oh, nine oh, figures. Mid nine figures. Okay. Figures. Thought, okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Mid nine right. figures. So um, that is his disposable sorry, income. Sorry, I'm giving Red more money than he has. Um, yeah. Just give him another couple of episodes. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, but so my question is. Why didn't he find Navarro? Because, I mean, Navarro seems like someone that he should have found because he wants those bones back. 
He wants to shut this up before Liz can get to the bottom of it because he doesn't want Liz to know that he was involved in all of this. He doesn't well, want he as much as he would like Liz to get closure, I think on on an abstract level, he can't let her have closure because it's going to put him in a bad light and he knows it. Navarro I think is a was a feathery goat. A dangling in here to get her back. I think that was... Okay. uh, You think that's why he left him? Yeah, well, in fact, in part, I actually think that that detective is working with Garvey. Possibly. Singleton, Detective Singleton is working with Garvey. (laughs) And tell you what, oh, yeah, no, he was was just scooping out what she knew, and I think that that was it. I mean, they wanted... And I tell you whose voice was the one talking to Garvey, the internal affairs cop, the dead one or the guy that that uh, live one. The one that Prescott, the Prescott, that, that Ress and, and Samar were yeah. talking to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was so dirty. He was so dirty. He didn't. Well, Prescott know had what gotten to, to him. That huh? was a whole lie that Prescott fed to him yeah. to say. So obviously he was dirty. Yeah, it's like there. Even the internal affairs in that cop department is dirty. Everybody there is dirty. <laughs> Everybody's dirty. Everybody's a dirty cop. <laughs> Welcome to the blacklist. Everybody's a dirty cop. Oh. Well, I'm sure that there's some uh, good ones that ain't going to end up, but there are not that many of them. And that, oh. I mean, the whole story was like, is it anybody even believing this? Well, the thing is, Sinclair is either a dirty cop or he's a dead man. And he's one or the other. <laughs> he's not or both. He may be both. Well, I listened. I made recordings of the voice in the phone and then recordings of, of uh, Sinclair and it's the same voice. It's, it has a little lilt in, in certain words and certain things that it just it was exactly the same. So we know, I know now, I always suspected, and I had this crazy idea that, that Garvin might be the new FBI guy, the new boss. I, you know, I've heard you say that and it'd be interesting, but he's, he's too willing to be out in the open because, I mean, Tom saw him, everybody saw him. But and- nobody was going to get out alive. Yeah, but still, when you're that, you've always got to prepare. I, like, if he had just shown up to the end with the two in the, the, uh... Well, at the very least, he's a commissioner of the police, of the police department. Say what? He's, he's tied to the government, he's tied to the police. It's possible. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm hesitant on that because of how willing he is to show up and get his own hands dirty. Typically, those type of characters will have henchmen do their thing because they're trying to keep their cover. But it's possible. I mean, you could have someone that's just complete, you know, egoma- egomaniac that thinks he can get away with anything. He's a psychopath, he's an egomaniac, and he thinks he can get away with, you know... Mm-hmm. Anything and everything. It, that could be. Um, and that would be very fascinating to see. I do want to stab Garvey in the face, though. Like, that is my reaction to him. The actor is utterly fantastic. The character, now, I want to stab him in the face. Here, here is where you start seeing the part where I was starting to, like, oh, yeah, she's just getting those knives nice and sharp. I would like. I would very much like to say, not the actor. The actor has been fantastic. Like, oh my he's god, got, he's, he's, so, he's good. so good. But the character, 
I just want him to die. <laughs> I would love to see him hiring Solomon just because no. of the juxtaposition. You know, I mean, okay, I would like him to hire Solomon and Solomon to go, you know, I got kind of fond of Tom and then kill him. Oh, that would not be fun. No, that would be a be lot fun of if fun. they go in a little episode or something. And and mm. and Garvey, No, actually, I'm, I'm really fond of that. I, that's my new thing. I'm fond of it. <laughs> Coin is like so so good at creating Garvey that he just—I mean—he just feels slimy. Like you could just like see like oozing out of him. Oh yeah, like I felt sorry for the girl in his bed. I was like, listen, honey, no, no amount of money is worth it, honey. Just no. Well, it's gotta be. It's, it's an. It's, that was the middle of the day oh. when they call him. So he's out there in a hotel having a signature. <laughs> Reminded me of the Russian uh, yeah, bureaucrat that yeah. was having the little. Of, of course, she was a little more glamorous, but you know, so was he. So. Well, I mean, the girl in the bed was gorgeous, from what you could tell. I mean, you couldn't yeah. see a lot of her, but I mean, she, she was very pretty, from what you can tell. And I'm just like. And Garvey's married, by the way. Hello, he wears a big ring that is a either an army or navy. And he wears a, a wedding ring on the other hand. Probably not his wife in that bed. No, I would say in the middle of the day. Nah. Like I said, egomaniac potentially. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's, there is. I, I, I tell you, of all the bodies, I'm really getting to like him mm. a lot. I, you know what? I do have villains that I'm like, I would hate to see you die. Like, you're just such a good villain that I would... Solomon was that That way. was Ansel Garrick. I did not want Ansel Garrick That's to die. Fair. You know, you just kind of want him to... Uh, Gina Zanatakos is one for me. I love Gina. I just... I always wanted Gina to just keep coming back and being a thorn, thorn in Tom's side and harassing Liz and... I, I want I to see have, her te- teaming up with Scotty and and Solomon and, would, and helping Liz avenge Tom. I would have paid good money to see her and Liz have to work together. That would have been hilarious. It's, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen now, but um, but regardless, that that would have been fan freaking tastic, and I would have loved it. She's one of those that I just love. I, I've got other, you know. I'm trying to think if in, it, Solomon's the closest thing I could think of in this show. That he was just so deliciously evil that I was going to be really sad if he died. Um, well, but he had that thing that he was not just evil because because this guy is evil too. Um, well, this guy is was so evil. Like, Stab him in the face. It's it's what about Solomon was also fun. He had a sense of humor and he was like Ian I don't know I don't fun. feel. No, Ian is not fun, and that was the difference between Solomon and Garvey. Solomon was fun. He was very elegant, and you know, very like you know, I am, I am so beautiful. And I okay, we're back to gushing over Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we gotta Here do we it. Go. Once in a while, we gotta do it. Once and in then, a while, we did it every episode of Redemption. <laughs> it was not a Keen Minds podcast until we gushed over Eddie Gathegi in the in Redemption. I wish they bring him back. But anyway, but Garvey is a great villain. He is he's just a slimy kind of villain because you don't see him having fun and he I mean that scene when he put that peep thing with Tom and got Tom got sprayed with the blood from the chipper. I mean it was a fantastic scene. He puts people through chippers. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> and folks, 
We would like to introduce you to Tessa. She is a little crazy. Um, I thought I bordered that line there. Wow. <laughs> Even I dropped the line at Chippers. Um, <laughs> it was great. God. I love the chipper. <laughs> I'm never going to see a chipper again in the same way. <laughs> Do you look at many chippers? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's different locale, but I don't see a whole lot of wood chippers. <laughs> Oh, I see them every every spring. They're oh. in very fall. They're all over. Oh, okay. We don't see a lot of them here in Dallas, but, you know. Well, I live up there in the suburbs. You're outside the big cities, so. I am in a semi-rural area. Yeah, yeah so. so I guess that Chippers makes more are, sense. Yeah. Chippers are part of life. Hey, that scene was good. It was, you know, yicky and all that, but it was great. I just... and And... I, I told her, the roomie's still, she's she's never seen the fall finale. She won't ever see the fall finale. Because I told her, I said, you know, there's really no point in it. You know? And she's very... It's a beautiful scene. Tessa, no. <laughs> That's what I was That's, saying earlier. The fight and the, and the ride to the car were great. If he had survived, it would have been a beautiful scene. We're rehashing old things. We've already been here. Yeah. But regardless, what I was going to say, she, she's very sensitive towards violence. Where, where I'm okay. just, where I'm super casual about violence as long as they survive. I, I'm. Yeah, the chipper scene is not for her. That's oh for sure. no, it's not. And I noticed at you know seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, the the didn't seven, make eight, any difference. It no, it just said viewer discretion advice. It's like, what are you people about to do? Oh, they're putting her through the wood chipper. <laughs> Holy crap, they put her through the wood chipper. <laughs> yep. Well done, Blacklist. Good heavens. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Burrow's going to cost a lot less for, for her family, though. Reddington. After the wood chipper. Yeah. So Reddington, I think that, that there is, am I am I the only one who's who's noting that Red got a little weird? There is something weird going on with Liz and Red. Each one is weird on their own, and together they're even weirder. I'm th- I'm starting to think that Liz suspects already that Red is not telling her everything that she knows. If she that he knows. doesn't, then she's an idiot. I mean, he's never told her everything. And he's straight up told her, don't ever expect that I'm telling you everything. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's the yeah, one truth he's actually given her. her husband. It's, so it's like she goes there and she tells him about Navarro, but the police already knew about Navarro because they interrogated him. What I'm surprised is that, that the FBI hasn't taken that crime scene because it's it involved a federal agent. I, I think so- it's just too close. I don't know. I I don't know why they wouldn't. But we, we've seen, I mean, because they handled Agnes's case, so... I don't know why they haven't. I'm not sure why the task force isn't on it. Mm-hmm. And and definitely they may have, and then just the local police took it, or that may be a plot point. Why is the task force not investigating? Because especially if, well, that makes sense. If Garvey is involved with the local police, then it makes perfect sense that he's not going to give that up. Well, and he might not. And also it may be that they're still trying to repair the reputation after uh, early season four or early season five. Hang on, Janet. Janet was season five, yeah. Four. Janet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, I've just, I've completely lost track. Season four. With, Season what, four. Yeah, but but the, the whole bit with you know getting the reputations back and all of that and, and that was every, season four, yeah. And all of that, you know, I think they're still trying to kind of recover from that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, because Liz made a big deal when she left about saying, "You will continue giving them blacklisters. This is what you're doing." Um, and so th- that may have been part of it. Is that they don't. They don't have the leeway to take on a personal case of sorts. You know, I mean, that, that's a possibility. Well, it, it's it's also I, I, I'm not sure. And, and I can I I have a feeling that Garvey is involved in, in the local police. Um, I have a feeling that uh, this whole thing, but what Garvey said to Tom about wanting red to harness his power like it was, you know, blackmail or something that wasn't it but that may have been what he said but i don't think that that makes any sense because when you got something like that you find another way of contacting him the fact that he wasn't eager to use the redial feature but he wanted somebody to call him tells me that there is something very deeply personal between garvey and red i wouldn't i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we get a full finale and he's like hi brother you're still Maybe. around. Maybe uh, there is there is something. There is, if it's not brothers like siblings, then it's like you know army brothers or navy brothers. That, that might be yeah. Something military. something in this seems incredibly personal. The fact that he doesn't use a redial, they want somebody to call, but he was very eager to go to meet him in the motel. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't have. It's one of the things that's kind of been holding me off on. I've got a fic that I've been wanting to write that's kind of been holding me off is because of of that. that that's one of the questions I have that I'm not sure of, of who who Garvey is. No, he he knew that Liz had come back and about the same. The detective tells Liz, yeah, you came back the day before, the day before yesterday at this time. So you know that they got her watching. And immediately after, Garvey receives... That list is back. I don't know. To me, it's like mm, there's a connection there. I don't know where it is, but there is certainly a connection. Um, so red was red. Red seems a little shifty there. I think that red always seems shifty. Yeah, unusually shifty and unusually cold with Liz. I don't know if it's because he finds hard to talk to her about all this. Because he seems to be the one holding her back. He seems to be the good angel telling Liz, don't do this, don't go down this road. Oh, and Cooper is I like, did yeah. Not, so. I did not see. He said Cooper was the good angel. And I, no. I saw that as such a manipulative sort of situation of, this is what I need to happen, and you're the one that she sees as the good one. So let me manipulate you into doing this if I can get you to do it. See, I thought that he was saying that the contrary. He's the one who doesn't want Liz going in there. And Cooper is like, I got it. I understand her. And after he said that, Red said, yeah, hey, we're the two angels in there. But I think it's, in this case, it's reverse. Also because it, it's convenient for him. Because eventually Liz is going to get to him and it's not going to be pretty. And see, that that's, 
it drives me crazy. I mean, and to be fair, it's it's a trope that many TV shows do. This is not just Blacklist. Many TV shows do it, and it, it comes with the ego. And Red certainly has an ego that he thinks he can hide this from her. And it's like you look at it, and you're you're just sitting there going, "Honey, have you never? Do you have amnesia?" Do you not know what's been happening? She's going to track this down until she finds an answer. And once she finds an answer, she's going to be more pissed than if you just came to her and said, this is what happened. And she would be livid. But if he came to her with it, there might be, you know, it with, le- you know, legit remorse. And, but James the other day. That's what he... Yeah. James the other day released a statement. He said, no, Red doesn't feel guilty. He thinks that he gave Tom enough, le- you know, enough warning there. But and, that's Red. And I, I, I've, I heard people ang- I've heard people angry at James over that. I'm like, it's not James's fault. I said, James. That's was- what Red would say. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, I'm not at all surprised that's what Red feels like. Not at all. I said, I'm pissed at him over it. But that doesn't mean, I said, but don't be angry at James. James is just saying what the character's doing. <laughs> James just knows his character inside and out. <laughs> but it's, I mean. Yeah, Red is not going to be like, oops, until Liz puts him and, and puts a gun in his face or in his mouth and tell him oh, I hope so. exactly what is that you did. I, I had someone the other day say that they hoped that, that Liz killed Red. I said, oh, gosh, no. I said, that poor woman's been through too much. I said, I, I, I finally got to the point that if Red self-sacrifices, I think I could handle it. In fact, I know I could at this point. I'd be okay with it. Um, I'm not sure that that's not going to happen. Many redemption arcs end with a character. That's that's their redemption. Is the, the final act of redemption is they self-sacrifice. And I, I could, I, I've seen that for a while with Red. That's a high possibility. And, um, but... I, I do not, and I don't think it will be. I, I don't foresee this in the show, but I, I, I've had a friend that said that she hoped that, you know, that that Liz killed him. I said, no, that's because even if she did it in a moment of passion, of anger and, and you know, stabbed the pin into the artery and let him bleed out, you know, I said sh- that would destroy her even more. I said there would be just, I said that would, no, don't do that to her. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I said, but I do, I, I need them to find some path. And as of right now, the only path I see is self-sacrifice in which he figures out what he's done wrong. He admits it. And then he ends up dying for it to, to either dying or leaving one or the mm-hmm. other dying or leaving um, for good. I mean, because that's something he's never been able to do was leave for good. And so even if he faked his death and legitimately went away and Liz thought he was gone, I would be okay with that at this point. Because there's going to have to be something that proves he gets it. Because he spent four he's and a half He's never seasons. going to get it. He better. He's the lead freaking character. Mm. Character okay. development. It's needed. He ain't got it yet. He ain't never gonna get it. Then uh, you better, or else there's something severely wrong with this writing. Why? That's what Red is. There's 
I, I can tell you what the what the the the, the thing is. Where the the thing is that this this whole thing to me, see where I stand, I see it and I look at perfectly. I everything makes perfect sense. So this entire thing is a giant misunderstanding between Red and Katerina. And there is only one redemption. Katerina forgives him. That's the only redemption that Red can get. And in that path and in that thing, they have destroyed countless people's and lives and everything, including their own. So I'm not sure that there is a need for redemption for Red. He, he, he has to, I, and I think that he has done a lot of change and growth. Remember when you said he had no change and growth and then I show but you Tom? I, I am aware of that. There have been micro changes, but the big one where he learns that he keeps not trusting the one person he needs to trust. I don't care if he trusted why, Tom. Why why doesn't he why can he trust Liz? Stop That's a question. It's his family. He need he keeps asking for blind trust in him. He needs to give it to her. I have a feeling that we're going to find a few things about that fire that are surprising. Liz. All right, Liz. Liz. This is, um, to me, actually, that this episode was a lot more about, about Wrestler and Cooper mm, and Red definitely. than it was about, about Liz. But boy, I mean, that scene, I got to say, she had some nice scenes. Oh, she did. I would, okay, I do need to make this comment because I heard a lot of people over time and it was even something that I wasn't overly fond of I, I thought around season 3 when he worked with the task force to help clear Liz's name I wanted them to bring him in to the task force I think that if they had really wanted to work with Tom that would have been how to do it and then when they brought Halcy on in that would have been the route but they didn't do any of that because whatever it's blind we don't know where they're going. I have a feeling I know where they're going. Um, I know you do. Um, but regardless, people were complaining that Tom was kind of on the outskirts and that he never really, they, they felt like he didn't have a place. Belongs. Yeah, that he was either Mr. Dad or he was running. His, yeah, he was doing his own thing, kind of on the Tom outskirts. Bond or, or Mr. Dad. Yeah, and... And that, that was a complaint, and I understood it to a degree, you know, that it kind of felt like he was on the outskirts there. They've killed Tom. Liz is the new Tom. <laughs> not She's not Miss Mom, because she gave her kid up, but she is on the outskirts. She's not, she's not playing nice with the task force. She doesn't want anything to do with their cases. Ooh, she didn't care. That, was, that was cold with, uh, with Samar. Well, no, it wasn't cold. She said, I want to know about domestic and, and boring. I want to know that. I don't want to know about the case. She does not want to work with them. She wants to be their friend. She does not want to work with them. Because um, she is focused. She's laser focused on this. Yeah, but when Samara is like, well, kind of nice. Like, well, where's the bagness? He's just like, well, I gave her up. Nothing. Just turn and move away. Are you shocked that Liz didn't tell her that? I mean, she's embarrassed. No, not embarrassed isn't the right word. She 
She hates it. I think that she despises the fact that she had to give her up. But she also knew that in the situation she's in, that was the best option. But just because you know it's that the best she's not going to ever get her back, right? I don't think she will ever be. She will become like Red, watching her from a distance. Oh God! God she's going to come back. Right. And she's going to be, <laughs> and she's going to look at Agnes, and Agnes is going to be super happy with, with Scotty, and and she's going to look at herself and take a good look at what she's become, and realize exactly in that moment why Red didn't come back for her. And then I will, I, I will regret ever watching this show. <laughs> If she She's becomes, beautiful. No, because no, it brings disgusting. it full circle. No, no, that's disgusting. That is pointless. That is useless. Characters need to learn from their parents' mistakes. They need to grow. If 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 growth can be had and if learning can be had, sometimes the circumstances show you that it doesn't matter what you do, the circumstances are going to always just bring one result. That there are some things we can't change. We're going to differ on that. Let's let's move on. Um, that's... that's How no. come that you get to rant and I never get to do a little rant? You're the one that wanted me to rant <sighs> last week. That was on you. <laughs> I would have been happy stewing my bitterness last week. <laughs> <laughs> because people weren't able to see your looks. That's why. <laughs> Besides, you, you didn't even need to talk. I think you radiated through the waves. It just like it, it got there. You don't need. You didn't even need to talk. <laughs> Trust me on that, guys. I'm seeing her, and I can tell you that you didn't even need to hear her talk. It was there. So, how about this week? Am I any your, better? Huh? Am I any yeah, better? Yeah, you're week? better. Yeah, you're you're definitely much better. Which I'm one was your favorite list crazy list moment? <laughs> okay. The um, dragging? Yes. <laughs> the glass table? No, no, the no, the, the, the dragging, the the cuffing the dude and dragging him. One because he was too much of a blithering idiot to hop onto the the uh the running board. And Two, because that that was Liz. That was five hundred percent Liz. That was really funny. I, I had like, a lot don't of fun don't walk that. away from me. And she knew exactly what she was doing. The guy was gonna come back. He was gonna put his hand in the car, and she was gonna cuff him because she's a profiler. Yep, she read it him was like cute. a book. I I I mean that was great, but honestly, I prefer the 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 part about with when she shoots the uh, the 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 cook. Oh, that was so. The I mean, the, the guy money. is like, yeah, yeah, that was nice. It was great, and it reminded me so much of Red with, uh, with Yabari's guys and burning the money. Yeah, I mean, we're getting, and then we're getting all this, this um, nice things. Oh, Red and Prescott when he burned him. We're getting a lot of fire uh, symbols now. It's like the imagery is. It's like every episode we get fire, fire, fire. At least burning the money was great. Um, now, um, what did you did you um, feel that 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 level of violence was? Uh, you made that comment 
that the level of violence that Liz had was more according to her character. Yeah, I, I, I can't explain it. I'm not sure I can really explain it. I just felt like it made more sense. I, maybe it was the focus, just the fact that she had a goal and she she was after Tom's killers. And so she wasn't just needlessly, I mean, and I'm not saying that it was needless murder out in Alaska because, I mean, the people were trying to kill her. I mean. Mm-hmm. It was them or her. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with people killing people if it's them or them. You know, I mean, it's, you know, survival. Survival instance. Um, But she, as far as we know, she didn't kill Pee Wee. She didn't kill tracksuit. She didn't kill um, whatever the idiot's name was that she choked. Um, she was going to be willing to if she needed to, but she that wasn't. scene was so much like like the Ber- fake Berlin Kinski's assassin with Cooper. Oh, right, remember? Yeah. I hadn't remember? thought about that. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought the level of uh, of um, just a little glint in the eye when she's doing these things that is fun. She reminded me a little of season one, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like over Jesse, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun here. Um, I don't know if fun is the correct word, but ready to do what she needed to. And um, uh, but I I do think that the first kill was was Navarro because I I don't think she was expecting it because I mean he got a a uh, piece of glass to the neck and bled out and she's going okay this is okay and and I, I it's funny because they were saying that they were gonna bring another blacklist in and say she's starting to accumulate bodies and I have a feeling it might be the the stew maker <laughs> couldn't you believe it is gonna be the stew maker. I mean, it's not going to be him, but... <laughs> no, but he's just going to study those. Did you notice that she has records that she's always kept about the blacklist of her own? She's not going into the FBI to get these records. She's going into a storage unit. So little Miss Liz had been keeping every a copy of every one of the blacklists. So she's always been trying to find out what is the blacklist about. Wouldn't you? Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah, I would. If I, especially if I suspect that Red was my father. I mean, a dude shows up on your doorstep basically and says, "I'm gonna make you famous, Lizzie." Okay, you know, I and won't tell me how he knows me. Yeah, I, I get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I suspect that. I, as I suspected a long time ago that she was always suspected, and I, I made post after post, like tracking every flip and flop and say, people, and people were like, oh, but the writers don't know how to write. I say, like, oh, wait a minute. Did you- Once you start to, to put this, track what she's doing, then it makes perfect sense. She thought Red was her dad, and she every time that he rejected her or when she got jealous about Jennifer, it would, the flip-flops are perfectly explainable. So I'm I'm all for that. I think that you're right. Once she realized this thing was going on, she's like, I'm keeping my own records. Thank you very much. And uh, You also had a note about Liz doing a hard blink. And that is what I was about to bring up to you. I was waiting for you to finish. The hard blink, uh, when she started cuffing Navarro, 
in anybody that follows my blog knows that I, I got very fascinated with Tom's hard blinks that I saw them I, and I, I don't have any sort of degree in body language or anything. I, I have a lit, uh, English lit degree. And so now the joke is that we, we kind of just went after everything and, <laughs> you know, because we, we dissected character and did character analysis that we kind of had a little bit of everything, you know, but, um, the, as far as I could tell, what what I gathered from the hard blink with Tom was sort of a reset, was was a preparation for whatever was about to happen. And Liz, it seems to be a, I mean, bo- both situations probably a stress related reaction mm-hmm. to it. Um, definitely with Liz, I the one that I can think of off the top of my head with Liz is when. Red was missing at the end of season three, right before she got arrested. It was Kings of the, or no, no, mid, mid season finale, season three, uh, mm-hmm. Kings of the highway. Uh, when she had the guy in his apartment that she'd been, uh, that she'd mm-hmm. lifted the phone off of, and she had him at gunpoint and she had the, uh, she was standing up where she said, where's my friend. There was a very hard blink there where she was angry. She was trying to, to rein mm-hmm. in the emotions and focus on what she needed to get. And that's what we saw here is she handed him the, uh, the uh, zip ties and told him to cuff himself. Mm-hmm. And we saw a very brief hard blink there with her getting herself prepared for the situation at hand. She was about to face a man that had tried to kill her, that had been involved with killing her husband, that was her entire world has been upended again. And he is mm-hmm. partially responsible and she is ready to handle this. And she's getting prepared for that. I, I, I love those. And I've never quite decided if I feel like that's just something that's happening or if it's something Liz learned from Tom or, you know, because we don't see Red do it. So it's not like it's an inherited trait mm. of sorts. So I'm kind, I'm kind of wondering if Liz learned it from Tom subconsciously. Oh, we always mimic a little bit, but there is also, I don't know if you saw in my, my 12 Days of Christmas series, but there is another character who does it, and that's Carla. She does a hard blink when she's under the table. Okay. Yeah, I know. Nobody believes in it. Hey, all I can say is, if I happen to be right, boy, I'm going to just have a feast. Yeah, and... Kudos to you if you're right, but I just... I'm going to put it in, like, blinking neon lights. I... We'll have a conversation after, depending on if you're right or wrong. There are two conversations that can be had. Um, (laughs) (laughs) None of them seem good. Well, I mean, if you're right, I suppose it's good for you. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, but I suspect that if I'm writing a lot of things, uh, a lot of people are going to be... At least in Tumblr, they're going to be disappointed. I I don't see the same level of disappointment in in other platforms. From what I hear, the numbers have been good for the watch. I mean... Actually, it's gone, like... Higher and higher. Yeah, I mean, and okay, you know, it's... I, I will readily admit to not being a casual viewer. I, I'm i here for very specific... Well, I was here for very specific things. At this point, I'm kind of on the, the razor's edge trying to decide if I'm going to be here or not. But what I have been saying since is that... You know what? If they can... If the casual audience, the ones that, that have the numbers to keep this show going, continue to watch, and NBC renews... And the Johns get a new season. If they screwed it up, they screwed it up. 
it's I'm not a casual viewer. I have an influence. And so, you know, and even the casual viewers that I know, they're friends of mine. So they're going to probably lean more towards like I do, whether they're watching it as a fandom viewer or not. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to the bridge. If you're there at the bridge to cross it when the time we'll comes. We'll see. So I, I'm, I'm going to do an evaluation at the end of season five. See where because John's sitting there going, "It's going to be the biggest, you know, cliffhanger yet." Oh, I have a and list of things I, that can be. As as a writer, I will say that you always want that big cliffhanger, and I enjoy my cliffhangers. I'm like, I had someone tell me I was like the queen of cliffhangers the other day. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Every writer loves their cliff. Well, I, I guess not every writer, but a lot of writers love our cliffhangers. I part of me begrudges him for it because I'm like, dude, you better have a season six in the bag if you're gonna leave us with it. Because like, I hate when they leave the really crappy cliffhangers, you know, and don't have a wrap up. I I would hope that if something happens and they don't get a full season, they at least give them time to wrap it up. It's, I, yeah, I at least two, three out. episodes to just wrap it. Well, I mean, even more than, give them half a season. Half a season to wrap it up. They can manage that for, for as long and as much money as, as Blacklist has made them. I, well, it will, it, will, it will yield them more money if it has an answer than if you leave it halfway. Because halfways yeah. don't get picked up as much as a whole I, thing. I, I would hope that's true, yes. That, that seems accurate to me, but... Regardless, we'll see. It's I have zero control over this. Nobody really, you know, th- there's a few people that care what I think of, but none of them make decisions as far as I've been able to tell. Um, <laughs> so. Are you excited about next week with Nathan Lane? Okay, I love Nathan Lane. <laughs> okay, um, so I was a huge Lion King fan as a kid, and so mm-hmm. I, I was joking with the roomie. As I'd forgotten that next week was the 100th episode. And so after we finished, we'd both, you know, gone off to our parts of the apartment. And I sent her a text and said, by the way, Timon's the blacklister next week. <laughs> she went, why blacklist? Why? <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. but, and I also love him off the producers. I don't know if anybody's a musical mm-hmm. fan. Uh, he was in the producers and he was fantastic. And he he's was been, so he's much been fun. in so many things, but those are my two big things for Nathan Lane. And I love the man. He's a fantastic actor. Love him dearly. And I've never seen him as a villain, but I could see him being a very good villain. I feel like he would pull it off. I'm assuming that's what I'm he is. excited. I'm assuming to see that. I mean, every once in a while, we'll have a blacklister. It's not necessarily a villain. You know, that's that's on red side. Yeah. You know, maybe the not. The fun like thing the is, the Lincoln Penny is making an appearance. Who? The Lincoln Penny. Oh. The one that oh, he took from Grayson right, Place. Right, right. Interesting. That's what he needed. It. It's something about, it. and I saw uh, one of the pictures. It has like a series of there's like a message in there encoded. So I guess they're both going after some legendary thing. I love treasure hunts. So this, I'm like, I'm like a kid. Like we're gonna get a treasure hunt. I'm basically, I'm not looking at any extra stuff lately. I, I'm watching the previews for the next week, but that's the extent of the the digging I'm doing. So. You're totally on the theories here, because if you're going to ask me what my theories are or anything, it's going to be 500% based on what I've seen on the screen, not mm-hmm. on any of the interviews, because I'm not reading them, not on any of the extras that they're oh, videotaping, I never based, I'm not watching them. 
There is only one kind of thing that I take into consideration is when, for example, they say, well, you know what, that thing about Katharina calling uh, Constantine Alexander, that was a blob. Or, um, yeah, we should have had, you know, Liz had a, a burn and she was grabbing her by the wrist. That was probably not a good scene to, to have included, but we did. Or when he wraps up the 2017, which was, to me, the entire point of the interview, and the whole thing about the 2017, which is important because I think it's going mm-hmm. to come back. I'm not sure what you're it's, talking about there. 2017. Oh, the 2017, he explained that. Um, what 2017? That, that whole thing about the 2017 plan of Peter. Peter Kachopoulos had a 2017 plan. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, and this, and I think that this is going to become relevant again. And that's the reason why they brought it up. And there's two factions. There were two factions in the cabal. The cabal was always made. They wanted to bring down the Soviet Union. They they used 25 years to enrich themselves, and then they're going to bring back the Cold War. That was always a plan, and everybody was on board with that. But Peter started feeling that the world has become unstable. And he was the radical people who were saying, this is too much, this is coming unstable, we need to stop this, we need to get it back. So he advanced the plan by creating this destabilization. Well, Fitch wanted to wait until 2017, because that was a plan. So he was the old guard. And so the interesting part about that is that the whole thing about the the troll farmer was supposed to have happened was as part of the plan. That's what Reda had been cultivating it because it was supposed, and it, I don't think that they pulled it off because it just became a little too much close to events, but that's what it was happening. It was supposed to be meddling. The troll farmer was creating things that were in there, and then that's what Red had in on retainer. So... I don't know how they're going to incorporate, but the fact that they actually had a letter written by one of the writers delivered in that interview kind of like is gets you like that's important at this point. So that's the only kind of things that I pay attention because people trying to decipher John Balkenkamp that don't speak red speak, they are so far off that it doesn't, it's not even funny. And to be fair, even when you think you speak red speak, Sometimes you don't. His 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 job is to create interest. Oh, That's no, I it. Agree. No, his job is to write. Um, but yes, in part to to create interest. But his job you're is you're a supposed little sour. I'm a lot you're sour, a John, sour. right now. I never thought I would be. I, I think that's part of my bitterness <laughs> is that I never thought I would be sour at John. Um, I'm more sad than anything because I I had writers that really hit me hard on another show. And kind of destroyed my opinion about TV writers. And John brought me back around. Because he is good. He's very mm-hmm. talented. And... I don't know. I mean, I, I can't give the end-all response until the show's wrapped. And everything comes together. Because there's so much that, that you come back to later and you're like, Oh, crap, that's where they were going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... And that, that's why I've always been so hesitant when people ask me for absolutes on this show. Would you leave if this happened? I'm like, I can't foresee a situation which is what happened, so no. But there are a lot of times I don't foresee their situations. I never foresaw a situation which they killed Tom like they did. I think it was a horrible situ- or a horrible decision, but 
I'm not on the writing team. They didn't ask for that. Um, so we'll see at the end of it. I, I truly hope that my face restored, but as of right now, it is kind of decimated. I don't know. We'll see. I love it. Like you're twisted. All right. So I think that that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, it is. It is. And I, I will I will say at least the writing seemed back on par for, you know, for the I, episode. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with the. I know you didn't. I did. One. I'm saying for me. When I speak for myself, I speak for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else. For me, the writing was back more on to my level of what I expect out of the blacklist. And I just, I have very high expectations for this episode, or for, for this episode, for this show. And that's one reason I judge it so harshly, is because I know the talent that they have here. Regardless on if they have, you know, had a, a switchover on writers, there's just a lot of talent on this team. They have no excuse. Talent. Come on, people. Pick it up. Um, th- this episode was better. This episode I'm, was better. Yeah, I, I, was, I liked the previous one, and I will continue to like... I have a feeling that it would take a long... I mean, there have been some episodes uh, and that I'm not that the craziest about. But even on, on you know, on a rewatch, like, oh my God, you know what? I I'm underestimated this one, or my problem was more what I expected more than what the episode delivered, the ones that I wasn't really happy about. Okay. The one that I'm not happy about, I expected them to wrap Redemption up with some sort of semblance of satisfactory wrap-up. They did not. Ergo, I hated the episode. There we go. Anyway, on that note. We're going to hear about that one for a bit, guys. I will never And I'm sure that this. a lot of our, of our listeners feel the same. I would have liked a little bit more, too. I'm not going to lie. It would have been nice. I, it's, but not, I, I, it's not so much more. I understand time limits. I, I'm not... I'm not an idiot. I, I understand there are time limits and that they that this was a show that did not make it past season one. They had eight episodes and that they just they had a lot of sh- uh, viewers from Blacklist that didn't watch it. And so they don't, may not have you know known everything that happened. I get all of that. They did not take the time to make it make sense. And that is mm. what I, I feel like if you had had, I don't know. Give them a freaking 24-hour brainstorm. You could have come up with something. And if not, then give it 24 hours more. But you don't, we don't know that that is all we're going to get first. It doesn't matter. They already screwed it up. What they gave us was such a screw-up. I don't feel bad. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I felt recently that you've told me I'm wrong a lot. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe I disagree with you five hundred percent on that. It just I know. I mean, I, I it's not that I, I say, hey, it was what I wanted. No, but I uh, it's it not got what me I wanted. Nor did to, I feel like it was up to par with their talent level. And we could go over this. We're never going to agree on this. We we no, are. No, but my point was Let's, that we don't know that it was that this is it. I think that was a, the wrap up of of the Whitehall storyline, not the wrap up. Of the whole Tom and who took him and all that. And I know you say, oh, it's no, it doesn't matter now. Yes, it does, because I think that connects with the mythology. It's, there is too much 
coincidence that the year that Tom was taken was the same year that Katerina stopped bringing Liz to the Tacoma Park House. In 1988, when she was three years old, is when those growth marks stop. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see what they do. We'll see. Um, I, I don't... Well, a plot point we'll now. be we'll pick it up next week with the hundred episode, and it should be a really fun one. Uh, I'm always up for watching Nathan Lane and Nathan Lane and uh, James Spader. Seems to me like a party. Uh, yeah, hey, that's let's go, people. That'll be fun. Um, so we are on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr, and then you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.